You're not alone when it comes to trying new shiny diets, each one promising to make you feel incredible until you realize it's making you feel hungry and deprived and damaging your confidence a little more than the last diet you tried. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to the Anti-Diet Podcast Show, a podcast on a mission to help you break free from yo-yo dieting and equip you with evidence-based advice so you can feel more confidence in yourself without ever feeling deprived. I'm Farah Karamburi, a deep health practitioner practitioner, an author, a keynote speaker, and the founder of the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Each episode is created to help you take one step forward in your weight loss journey without being on a diet. Each day, I will bring you a wealth of knowledge about how you can lose weight without being on a diet. And each week, I'm going to be joined by a guest or a client that's going to give us the insights and the expert advice in the world of well-being. So together, we can learn from real-life trial and triumphs. And welcome to Anti-Diet Insights with Farah Karamburi. I'm your host, a deep health practitioner, keynote speaker, and a creator of the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge, the professional woman's no BS way to improving your health. And today we're taking a deep dive into the power of sleep. So we're continuing from our theme from last week after we heard about the COVID cases rising and how we I can help you to optimize your immune system um, to make sure that you can fight anything that comes your way, not just the, the virus, but other things, other diseases as well. So we talked about um, the first, number one thing that we talked about was vitamin supplements and how everybody was rushing out to get those. Then we talked about the whole foods. Um, we talked about processed foods and how you can find the balance between the two so that you can actually make the better choices, not just for yourself, but also for your family. And today I'm going to take you through the sleep and the power of sleep and how this can help your immune system to absolutely be optimized um, before we dig into other areas of optimization in the week. So how can you transform your sleep? How can you sharpen your mind and how can you stop hitting that snooze button? Let's get right into it and let's see what I can help you with. Any questions regarding this, please let me know on the comments below. So let's give you a scenario. It's 7 a.m. You're already disgusted with yourself because you keep hitting that snooze button and you plan to go for an early run, didn't you? Or you wanted to go for a walk or you wanted to get up for a exercise class this morning with your personal trainer but you kept hitting this snooze button over and over again until your partner told you to for god's sake shut that snooze button down because you're actually not waking up so so how do you feel after doing that so here you are about to embark on yet another over scheduled day and you've blown your chance of any exercise and you're feeling not so great are you now Absolutely. But you were left wondering, why is it that I can't get motivated? And why is it that I can't work out in the morning? Perhaps you keep planning to do this, but it's just not happening. You see, um, the repeatedly hitting snooze button has nothing to do with motivation. That's not what it's to do with. You're just not getting enough sleep. Most people are not getting enough sleep. There probably isn't a revelation to you. Most people complain about needing more sleep at the time because they actually need it. It's not because they're just making this stuff up. They actually need more sleep. We are not getting good quality sleep as a nation. 
due to many things that we're going to go into in a minute. But the good news is you can actually restore a good night's sleep. It's in your reach. There's few changes that you can make and bring about a good quality sleep into your daily routine. The, The key is to understanding the biological factors that influence your ability to fall asleep or to stay asleep and also feeling awake rested. That's what we're going to talk about today. So it will help you optimize your natural 24-hour sleep-wake cycle so you can feel more energetic and mentally sharp. You can feel emotionally strong every waking hour of the day. This will not happen without a good quality sleep, by the way. Do you remember the days for mums listening to this or dads listening to this? Do you remember the days when your kids were very little, they were babies, and you literally walked around the next day like zombies because you just had such broken sleep? In my case, there was like good five years when the sleep was actually quite broken. And I literally felt like I was in a different world. Never been able to listen to people properly. Never been able to concentrate on things. Literally getting through the day like an autopilot behavior. Um, Also very um, on the edge. Uh, Making short, sharp decisions. Not perhaps the right decisions. Shouting. um, Getting upset with people around me. My family in particular. Maybe shouting at my kids because I haven't had good night's sleep. And then I'll hit the caffeine or sugar just to keep me awake and keep me going. And some of this is part of life and some of this is us bringing up children and we go through this and our, our bodies, in particular women, do we do adapt to it quickly because we are made to do some of this. However, it, this could also lead to some bad habits going into when your kids actually are sleeping really well, but you are now left wondering, why can't I fall asleep? Because when you used to wake up in the night, perhaps you used to go onto your phone or start reading a book, waiting for your child to go to sleep, or also thinking he's going to be awake in a second, so I might as well stay awake. Then you're going on probably playing Candy Crush Saga. Does anybody remember that? Who wants to admit that actually? <laughs> You can see my hand going up there. Netflix binging. I don't know. Whatever you did, you know. There's no guilty. uh, No one's made to feel guilty here. This is just reality. This is something that we went through. So the biology of sleep. While we have lots, while we often have lots of wants and desires around sleep, someone is singing. We can't influence it with motivation, by the way, and willpower and attitude. We've talked about willpower and motivation a lot in my lives. That that's to me, it doesn't actually exist. To me, taking action is motivation. So anyone's ever experienced insomnia or fallen asleep in an embarrassing situation can tell you. So sleep is a biological necessity, just like eating our food and drinking water, by the way. Good morning. Think about it like charging your phone. I mean, you drain your battery all throughout the day, right? And then you need to recharge at night. If you don't recharge yourself, how do you expect to run around with an empty charge, basically? So during sleep, few really important things happens, happen to your body. So let's tell you that first and foremost. Firstly, your body is restoring and is building. It's building and it's repairing. Sleep lowers a host of inflammation inflammatory biomarkers and boost your hormone so those two things are really important for health and for immunity that we the main topic being here is to optimize your immunity how would you how would you continue to feel healthy if those two biomarkers are not in place your inflammation is reduced when you sleep and so is your and your hormones are boosted 
They are as a result of each other, by the way. Sleep is also the time when your brain consolidates all the information learned during the day and it stores in the long-term memory. So try and be in a place where you're making good memories or, or an experience of life. This is true both of our social and emotional experience. So all the experiences that we are creating is, is all being saved in the muscle memory. In reality, it's like, there are like dozens of unknown biological and psychological benefits to a good night's sleep yet to be discovered and not many people know about this because something again is not taught really well in schools or colleges or universities and I know it because I study it and I'm interested uh, more interested than people because I want to experiment it on myself and then I want to teach it and I can really see on my own data with my own self when I haven't had a good night's sleep my decision making, my brain fog, my ability to perform, my ability to help my clients is not as good as the times I've had good night's sleep. So I kind of owe it to myself uh, first and foremost, and then I uh, and then I owe it to what I do, which is this. So for me, good night's sleep is really really important. I have a, a routine of going to sleep between nine thirty and ten thirty every single evening, bar the Friday night, which is a date night where we sleep at twelve, and I fall asleep at 11 on the sofa not proud to say that but so how it is and I'm sure others probably um, you probably relate to what I'm saying if you want to come and share it go for it it's okay no one here to judge you so go for it and say it okay so we're going to talk about the circadian rhythm which is a factor of your 24-hour light and dark cycle so let's have a look at what that circadian rhythm even means well your circadian rhythm is actually a 24-hour biological clock that controls how alert you are and it fluctuates throughout the day sending out circadian alerting signals these alerting signals can either ramp up your or, or, or your over and overdrive your sleep drive or quieten down and allow you to come so you can feel say um sleepy um so let's give an example of this is a big myth here by the way have you heard of things like after lunch i feel really really sleepy and you start looking at your lunch and start changing it actually it's nothing to do with your lunch believe it or not why because after about eight to nine hours as the usual after we've woken up it's time for us to have a little nap not naturally our body is saying after eight hours it needs to rest Hence, you see in places like Spain um, and other European, in other Europe cultures and also in India and Pakistan as well, where I grew up, we all slept in the lunchtime. <laughs> you wouldn't believe the difference in the culture. So come around one o'clock, came back from school um, in the room. There used to be one room. It was very, very hot there. You make it really, really cold by using a water cooler or an aircon, air depending on how much money you had as a family. Um, and then you'll make this room really cold. All the light curtains will go blackout and you will get ready to take a nap. You don't go in your pajamas, by the way. You, you don't change. No, you don't change. I know that for I'm trying to think that did I ever? No, you, you just have a nap. For some people, this nap lasted for a good two to three hours because of the heat outside. This was the culture that was developed. But naturally, so I love when we actually follow our body's natural rhythm and routine. Isn't it lovely to actually... So what is wrong with having a nap? I often see my husband who wakes up very early. I'm talking about 4.40 versus my 5.30. Um, I literally can't operate at 4.40. I did try. 
and it's okay. It's not about having um, comparisons in the household. I often see him around eight hours later, he's nodding like this. And rather than make him feel bad that I used to, I used to say, why don't you just have a little longer sleep? It's not actually that. Well, it is that he hasn't had enough sleep, but your body naturally requires a little siesta. So if you lay down in a quiet place, it's pretty likely that you're going to fall asleep. It's also why many people offer caffeine boost. Now, if you were to follow, and this is such an important point that I want to discuss with you, that you will literally change your life after listening to this. If you were to just, if you are in a place where you can have a nap, okay, if you are working from home, I'm talking about 20, 30 minutes of power nap. Just go and lay down in a quiet place and just close your eyes and see what happens. Don't be on your phone. Don't force your body to be awake. Don't go and get a massive coffee, double espresso to keep you awake because you're fighting the natural thing that your body's asking to do. If you were to naturally allow it to be whatever it wanted to be, your body, you will see that you'll feel so much better. You'll feel so good within yourself. And don't worry about what people have to say about your naps. Just tell them to go away. Uh, again if you're at work you can't and I absolutely remember that when I used to work in corporate I used to feel so tired between those times that I used to just put my head down and I could fall asleep I know that you know I don't actually have that so much now I literally don't and I'm trying to think what's different um I don't know I just used to have that quite a lot and I don't have it so now let's go experience number two. Once you've been up for 14 to 15 hours, your internal clock has to work really hard to keep you awake, okay? Since your sleep drive is very, very high. As, you're, as a result, your circadian rhythm signals, alerting signals, is at its highest in the last few hours before bedtime. What does that mean? Counterintuitive, isn't it? No one exactly knows why this happens. But one theory is that evolutionary benefit. Instead of falling asleep right when the sun goes down, the second wind is there for you to get ready for bed. So if you were in olden days, you'll be getting ready, you get the fire ready, you'll get make, to make sure that there's a safe place for you and your family to sleep. So that second wind, we think, there's not enough uh, research in it, that is for that reason. So you remember you, if you're sitting on the, in the bed on a sofa watching a movie or Netflix or whatever you're doing and you start to fall asleep, you suddenly wake up and you're like, okay, I'm going to brush my teeth, going to put my pajamas on, say goodnight to my kids and lock the doors, make the house safe. You see that? This is a natural thing that we used to do as uh, in olden days as well. Uh, our ancestors used to do the same thing. And it's making sure that you are good cover cover the opening of your cave basically do you ever feel exhausted when you get home from work but then a bit more energetic later in the evening that's your second wind second wind but don't be fooled once the alerting signal quiets down you will fall asleep so for instance at 9 30 you might feel like you can stay awake for a whole movie which is me <laughs> but about 10 30 your partner's taking a video of you falling asleep rude snoring on the couch not snoring isn't rude your partner taking a video is rude. Okay. And then the third factor. Okay. The third factor. Third scenario is flight or fight response. What do I mean by that? Well, this is really important, guys. And I want you to really pay attention to this part. There's one more factor that plays an important role. Your flight and fright, flight or fight response. Some experts refer this to process wake or process W. When your brain thinks you are in danger, it won't let you fall asleep. If you were sitting out in the cave and you've got, you used to live in the cave and you had children and you heard a noise outside that could, that could indicate there's a threat, you will not sleep for that reason. 
Just as you're settling down for the night, you hear a bear crawl, uh, a bear outside, or you hear some scratching noises or uh, walking, or whatever it is, whatever noise it is, you are alert. You start to worry about if the bear will come into the cave and attack your children and you. So you cannot fall asleep. In the modern time, this bear is called, what do you think it's called? They're called modern stressors. So it could be your work deadline, your kids having trouble in school. It could be your debts off your credit cards. It could be parents who are not well. It could be anything that's going on in your household, in and outside your household. Any worries that you're taking to bed with you are going to keep you awake. And for this reason, many people stay awake and don't actually understand or realize why do I stay awake? Because they are constantly taking their worries with them to bed. And when you have worries, you will stay awake. It's absolutely the right thing. The brain is doing the right thing. It's absolutely doing the right thing. It's not going to shut your worries down at nighttime when all day you've been thinking about the same thing, is it? It's not. On a Monday morning, I have um, always on a month, for some reason on a Monday rather than a Wednesday, I have a big worry that I'm going to sleep through my alarm and I will not be in my lounge helping my clients uh, to work out. And for that reason, I struggle to sleep on a Monday night. Some of these things are part of our life that we have to accept. Okay, I'm aware of it. And once I'm aware of it, I know and I do things like meditation. I write my journal the night before and I try and really, really try and fall asleep. And I will fall asleep. It's just I start to think about, am I going to not wake up? Sometimes more than the others. It doesn't happen every week. But our stress response is the same. It keeps our brain awake. So how can you now transform your sleep? So those things hopefully have awakened something in your mind right now. Awaken, pardon the pun, awaken something. So each day, our brain and body accumulates a need for a certain amount of sleep. What is that number? Seven and a half to nine hours. That's the sleep you're looking for. Do not be fooled if you're older, you need less sleep. Don't be fooled about any of those. If you're 18 and above to 65, 70, 80, you need seven and a half to nine hours sleep. The reason you can't sleep as long is because you have become a warrior. Worrying about everything. The older you are, and if you haven't put a process in place on how to manage your worries, you'll worry about more and more and more. So if you're a grandma, you'll worry about your kids and your grandkids. If you're a parent, you will worry about your kids and your parents. So your worrying just accumulates and it is having a compound stress effect on your body. And one of those things is immune system being massively affected due to not being sleep. So if you are not getting the right amount of sleep, what's actually happening is that you're not actually boosting your hormones. So you're not going to be feeling so great the next day, which means if there is a virus around, it will come attack you and you will get poorly because you you have not got, got hair on my lip, apologies, annoying me. Um, so to figure out how many hours you personally need, consider the routine you tend to settle in after a few days of vacation. That's a good one. So when you go and have a, have a week off, figure out how, you, how your behaviors are on holiday versus at home. How many hours do you usually get when you don't bother to set an alarm? That's probably gives you an indication of how many hours, but there sits in between seven and a half and nine. People like a number, don't they? So I'm going to give you a number. But if it's seven, it's not the end of the world. Okay, it's not the end of the world. But if you're looking at five and a half, I think that's not enough personally. And when you wake, when you wake up, you should feel rested. Do you feel rested? Then perhaps you can have that counter argument with me to say, I don't need seven hours far. I probably need five. Fair enough. What time will you consistently wake up? 
wake up consistently naturally. If you were to reprogram your sleep pattern, this question is crucial. That's because the strongest signal to your biological clock is when you're awake. When you get up, time is consistent. Your internal clock will recognize this time to get up. So I naturally get up at those times, even on the weekend, because I feel like I've had enough sleep. And that's another good reason to start your day. Um, that's another good reason to start with your get up time. You have less control over it based on your daily responsibilities. That's probably a limited range of possible time rises. So once you've chosen, you can work backwards to figure out what your bedtime routine, what, what's, how many hours do you actually need and what time do you need to go to bed. So if you're a night owl, a 5am run might not be best plan for you. It might not work. You might have to run at 10 a.m. or you might have to run at 6 p.m. in the evening. That's okay. On the flip side, if you enjoy your mornings, getting up for a workout might be a great start to your day. And I always say that mums, you can, I mean, if you are not a night owl, if you can come out of the night owl pattern, you can really use the morning time to get your exercise done, to get your gratitude in, in there, you get your stretches in there, you can have some kind of affirmation time, working on yourself, working on yourself, because when the kids are up, your distraction is so there, it is absolutely the right thing, by the way, it's not that you're trying to be that, this is natural, naturally your body's distracted, you're thinking about their lunch, their uniform, have they got boxer shorts enough, they got enough socks, where is the school uh, jacket, where's this there's a blazer you know all of these are again planning the night before it will help but these are the things coming and also oh my god I need to get them on time who is coming to get them their friends are coming to meet them get them on get them out on time don't raise your voice don't cause a scene in the morning because we don't want to upset the family we, don't, we want them to go up, you know to school with the nice memories look at all the pressure so much pressure now imagine not having a night not a good night's sleep and having all of this every single day being thrown at you that's a hard life. Okay, it's a hard life. It's not easy. I'm not saying for anybody it is. But start your current usual rise time. This is the time you actually wake up. We've done that. Okay. So what time will you go to bed? That's what you need to work out. What time do you need to go to bed in order to get that sleep? And that's what you'll have to sacrifice. And you are not going to like this bit, by the way. If you're used to sitting in bed and watching Netflix or scrolling through your phone or even reading a book, or whatever you're doing, or even if you're working in the middle in the night with your laptop, God forbid you're doing that. But if you are doing that, you're you're gonna have to sacrifice that in order to get your enough sleep. And you start with small chunks, like we speak. I always say this: start with tiny little thing, 15 minutes. Can you go to bed 15 minutes early? Can you increase it to half an hour the week after? 45 minutes the week after that, and see how you start feeling absolutely amazing in in your body you will see the difference it's, this is scientifically based information that we are we're having right now uh, and then the naps the truth about naps is that if you need a nap you just have a nap what would you rather have a nap or double espresso to keep yourself awake not everybody can have a nap i totally understand however Sometimes when you do have a nap, you don't feel so great afterwards as well. It depends on who you are, really. So make sure that your sleep in the night is the main focus. And if you're really, really tired in the middle of the day, that you are having a nap. Again, if you can, for most people, we won't be able to. So what can you do to make your bedtime a reality? Avoid doing activities, energize activities a couple of hours before. So don't try and jumping around, exercising late at night, watching a, uh, a scary movie or a full adventure movie the night a um, couple of hours before. That's going to keep your mind really occupied. All of these things are really, really important. Do things like fold the laundry. Just have 
look through photos or or do online shopping maybe just soft less um, aggressive things on your mind so that you can actually be preparing yourself to go get ready for bed so half an hour before your bed I don't know change into your pajamas brush your teeth talk to your partner read a book listen to music set out your clothes for tomorrow and prepare your next day's lunch that's you want to kind of wind down from if you're going to sleep at 10 say from half past seven eight you want to start doing those activities uh, versus what you have been doing now and for many people you're not going to like this information but this is actually going to give you a, a a really good night's sleep and remember plan for five out of seven can you stick to six out of seven on this schedule or five out of seven this schedule? That's still going to be better. And then the couple of nights you can stay a bit later like I do um, because date night won't happen otherwise really. So hopefully this is this subject has helped you to understand sleep in a deeper way than we've ever discussed before and that you will take some nuggets from here and apply into your life and really start to improve when we are when I'm um, talking to my clients and whether that's on my 12-week accelerator program or whether that's on my 30-day anti-diet challenge we cannot not talk about the sleep I can't teach them how to eat lose weight or gain weight or gain muscle or uh, lose fat I cannot justify or I cannot um move forward with creating deep health without this particular topic which is so so important especially if you are on a health journey to actually look at your sleep so if you're someone who's got an amazing exercise regime right now you've also got a great nutrition going into your body but your sleep is really poor then you've got two pillars really well and your third pillar which is your sleep which is um the which actually crosses over the mental the emotional the environmental support part of the pillars that we speak about you really want to have a start looking at those working on that a little bit more to actually get your optimi optimization level slightly higher thank you so much for being with me guys i really appreciate you being with me thank you for the likes um and uh, if you think this video is um, useful for anyone else do please share it and this will be out podcast next week too take care for now have a great monday and I will see you tomorrow. We're going to discuss another section of how you can optimize your immunity. Bye for now. Hey, everybody. This is Far again. I wanted to invite you to the best thing I've ever created inside the Deep Health community. It's a challenge and we call it the 30-Day Anti-Diet Challenge. Every professional woman is one challenge away from achieving the life where she can gain control over her health and her weight loss. I've created this challenge to help you lose up to 10 pounds in weight no matter where you are in your weight loss journey. This challenge is going to help you to understand why the diets you've tried in the past that haven't worked and why eating this way can revolutionize the the way you look at food and transform your body and create that ultimate success i recommend highly you do this right now stop this video pause it go online and press the 30-day anti-diet and join the next challenge the next challenge starts in few days